Welcome to Let's Be Real Sports Podcast, presented by Let's Be Real Media. Watch us live on YouTube and Twitter, and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at LBR underscore media. Also, subscribe to us on any podcast platform. What's going on? BLJ here, the best hype man in the NBA. Man, I'm here with Let's Be Real. Tune in. Huh? <laughs> Hello. Let's be real, sports podcast. Been a couple weeks, fellas. How y'all doing? We good. We good. I think me. I feel like me and Trevor are already backed into a corner. Supposed to be talking about the AOC East, you know. So I feel like you know, Sharky brought some heat with him. So we got to the South. We talking AOC South. South. I'm sorry. AOC South. Yeah. So you know, I feel like me and Trevor backed into a corner. So we got to, we got to, we got to come with it, Trevor. Oh, of course, of course, absolutely. It's almost football though. Football almost here, man. We got another month. We got another month. We, we, we get that. And we got one of our co-hosts. Tune, tune in hey, I hope you're being safe out there. You still out there at that, at that lake or wherever you took that picture of? Because that, that's a nice little scenic route that you were taking there, brother. Yeah, it was, man. Be safe out there, too. Yeah, this of course. She that's us, man. Three of us, me, Scott, and Trevor. Two can she they are out today. Took their PTO. Uh, see, three the hard way. Seem, seem to have a problem with two take his PTO. But they coming up right after us at 7 o'clock with Scott. I guess I was still on there to yep. replace uh, two. And, of course, as always, follow us on Twitter, TikTok, IG, and Facebook. And it's about to be X. Twitter, you know, you going to turn Twitter into X. But follow us at LBR underscore media. Ain't nothing changing there. Listen to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google, and Stitcher. Elon Musk, man, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it when I got home from church and I was like, <laughs> it was a matter of time. Rip Twitter. Rip, rip Twitter. <laughs> oh, man. Literally killing the platform. All you had to do was just keep the lights on. That's all you had to do was keep the lights on. He messing it up. <laughs> all right. What up, Ryan? What up, Ryan? Ryan was good. Always wait back to Phoenix. Let me PTO on peace. We land you PTO on peace. You need to uh, take that up with Savage. He the one who. <laughs> yeah, we, we, you good. Remember, we did a whole episode on PTO when we was talking about the last dance. So it's all good. Use that PTO. <laughs> right. But man, we got a couple of guests. I'm about to bring in after we get our word from our sponsor. Of course, uh, touring the touring the after his name of show, so y'all could only assume one of the guests is going to be on here. But we had two primary guests coming on the show. Uh, a couple. Of, Couple of my close friends that I met had a group since I met them back in April at the Black Sports Business Business Symposium. So love to bring them in and bring them in right after this word from our sponsor. Sports betting has rapidly risen in popularity, and I want to connect you all with the opportunity to get started or get ahead. Having multiple sports book accounts is the simplest way to maximize your profits, and there has never been a better time to sign up. When you visit our page, betstamp.app forward slash LBR. You'll be connected to all the sports books in your region, along with the review of each platform and its unique benefits. 
All these sports books have valuable signup offers for new users. And when you register through our link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one. When you use multiple sports books, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful sports betting. If you want to take advantage of these benefits and support our brand, please consider signing up for your next sports book at betstamp.app forward slash LBR. All right, we back. LBR Sports Podcast with the guests, I presume. So let me go ahead and introduce first, ladies first, Miss Meg. You got a lot. So you're going to correct me if I have something messed up. Owner, <laughs> of, owner of Hall About Sports. Atlanta Dream beat reporter for the Atlanta Voices, writer for Coach Wire, and co-host of the Sports Tea Podcast. Am I missing anything or that missing anything? I mean, Hall About Sports Podcast, too. Yep, and Horseshoe well, Pride Podcast, too. Yes. Ah, yeah, <laughs> couple, least, yep. couple of podcasts. <laughs> so doing, uh, Already just... <laughs> <laughs> Look at Mike Strange's microphone. <laughs> right, so now Mike gotta follow that. Good luck, Mike. I have to follow this. this is all I'm sorry, yeah. Mike. I got you for host and producer of the AOC South. I mean, uh, touring the AOC South podcast and freelance journalist. I'm sure I'm missing some stuff. Well, you know, the freelance journalist that's cool. You know, I do a lot of things there, but just I don't, yeah. I don't, I would say touring the AOC South is probably the primary thing, but I do a lot of other things, just you know. I'm, I'll be I'll be quiet over here and you know I gotta let Meg the Queen of the Land get the shot. Wow, my God! Well, welcome aboard. First time on Let's Be Real Sports Podcast. Normally we do Q and A for first time guests, but since we have multiple guests and for the next month or so we have multiple guests, so we're gonna skip doing the Q and A. But I will have y'all back on the show at some point. Just one of y'all by yourself, and we do the Q and A. Kind of talking about your careers, and you'll see how many, I guess, you got to all these different tires she holds at this point on, on a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, first up, let's get to a couple of comments. The power hour, what to do, my guy? Man, he said, I'm still calling it Twitter. Musk out here, swagger checking the system over down. So, <laughs> hey, the, the mama named the Twitter, we're gonna call it Twitter. I'm gonna call it Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I, got a, I got a question. Yeah, I got a question, you know. Elon Musk is going to call this X, right? So, you know, what is he going to use as, like, the theme song of this advertisement? Is he going to use, like, DMX, X going to give it to you? Is he going to do that? You know, Sorry, kind of don't, don't give him ideas. You know? Don't give him ideas. I'm just asking. Mike was right. ready for all the X puns. He was like, hold on. Let me put my list together. Go to X. Go to X. <laughs> there's Brian gonna be the spokesperson next to you know I cannot oh man but let's get it started first up first segment I, told, I gave it to our guests I guess provide us with y'all flowers of the week who who deserves some praise in the sports world or any given any situation uh, I guess I'll, I'll guess I'll go first um I would say that for me, it is going to be, uh, so I met her last year, uh, actually met her through a Twitter space, oddly, believe it or not. Uh, actually, you know what, let's do both of them. So I'm actually going to do both of my co-hosts for the Sports Tea uh, podcast. So Jody Newsom, uh, E as well, better known as E the Goddess. Um, but both of them like have been really, really 
really good friends to me um, here in the last, you know, several months or whatever else. Um, Jody is covering the Dallas Wings now, uh, which is really awesome for her. Uh, e has been podcasting and working her way up through uh, the writing and things like that. So, but both of them are super knowledgeable. Uh, met them through Twitter last year and some ladies' night spaces, talking ball, talking football. Um, and I just appreciate the the positive energy they always give. Um, Jody and I are actually born on the same day, um, and which is crazy because uh, <laughs> we uh, we didn't know that, but we act a lot alike, which is always kind of scary when you meet someone else who is just like you in a lot of ways. But um, in a lot of ways for me, she's pushed me and, and E as well. Like I told E just, you know, a couple of days ago, I was like, hey, I was intimidated by you when I first <laughs> met you. And she's like, what? And I said, yeah, because I have never met a woman who was really good with numbers like that, with stats like that when it comes to football. She could spout them off the top of her head and then add context. Uh, so it made me want to get my life together. Um, but the both of them, we recently put the podcast together. Shameless plug. Uh, it works really, really well. Uh, so we enjoy talking football regularly. And I appreciate them for, you know, continuing to push me to get better. So. <laughs> That's it. Oh, yeah, I, oh, okay. My bad. I, I didn't know what was next. But uh, let's see. Um... My flowers, you know, usually everyone wants to get flowers and get sentimental and all those different things. Nah, I kind of flipped that today. I'm going to give my flowers to Doc Rivers. I'm going to give my flowers to Doc Rivers. This is the reason why I'm giving my flowers to Doc Rivers. You know, all of these coaches out here that, you know, do different things and they do, you know, bad jobs and they don't get another job again. Well, Doc Rivers is the antithesis of that. He always does a job, and he, he, everyone tries to make his job sound great that he's doing, but he really hasn't done that great of a job, yet he's in the running for every single job that's open. I mean, prime example, he was he was in the running for the Phoenix job before Frank Bogle got it. And believe it or not, he's probably going to be in the running next year for somebody else's job. He's probably going to be at ESPN taking Jeff and Gundy's job, to be honest. But um, basically, I wanted to give my flowers to him because – you know, we always talk about all these coaches failing upward and things like that, like Elaine Kiffin and all those different coaches. But we, the, he, to me, he's the king of failing upward right now to me because he always gets another job. He gets GM power in Los, Los Angeles after they lose. I tried to figure that one out. I mean, he gets a Philly job like literally the day after he gets let go from the Clippers and does absolutely nothing with it. I mean – to me, I got to give him his flowers because he is the only black man I know in coaching that has fell upward. There you go. Hey, hey that finesse job is something serious. I ain't going to lie to oh, man. you. <laughs> yeah, but no, you know, I, Mike, I appreciate where you were going with it because I think Doc History has made so much history in failing that we may yes, need I to do. put him in like, you know, in discussions for Black History Month. Like we might need to give him <laughs> yep. like his own day of the month. Because, you know, we've been saying this since, since, what, 2008, 2009? So to hear Mike come on the podcast out the jump, like, I'm so glad to hear that. So, Mike, I definitely appreciate you. I had to do something different because, uh, you know, everybody want to get flowers and get sentimental. Nah, that ain't my style. Let me flip it. Not for the doc. <laughs> no, not for doc. <laughs> not for Glenn. Not for Glenn. Oh, man. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. But next segment, it's time for... The main entree, y'all know us is the fattest sports podcast, what we used to call us. But we're heading to the topic of the show, touring AFC South. 
with none other than Mr. Mike Patton on the show. So you're going to kick it off for us with the actual winner of the AFC South. So what we're going to do is each person, I got Mike assigned with basically he tours, he covers the whole division. He's a 49ers fan, but he has a podcast on the AFC South. So he's going to cover both the Jaguars and Texans. Meg is a Colts fan and she parks for Colts Wire. So she's going to cover Colts. Me, I'm a Titans fan, former Titans podcast. So I'm going to cover the Titans, of course. And we're going to go in order of how they finished in the division last year. So Jags, Titans, Colts, then Texas. So Mike, Kick us off by letting us know what the Jacksonville Jaguars got into this offseason. Well, imagine a sports car, but it gets another year. That's the Jacksonville offense this offseason. I mean, you get rid of Marvin Jones and you bring in Calvin Ridley, a potential number one wide receiver. Does that make your offense better? Indeed, it does. And you go throw into that, you have a whole offseason of players continuing to grow and get better the team that ended the season on a roll and you have a team that could potentially be the surprise of the AFC this year, not just the AFC South, the AFC. Um, their offense is definitely going to be explosive. You know, they got Evan Ingram locked down. Christian Kirk had a career year along with Evan Ingram. Then you have ETN in the backfield, Trevor Lawrence trying to, you know, kind of feeling himself a little bit. And he, of course you bring in Calvin Ridley, but you know, the big thing for this team, uh, I will say is uh, defensively, they're going to have to get a pass rush. I have to applaud the defensive coordinator for even having a defense that's, you know, definitely could you know do some things, but not have a pass rush because Josh Allen really didn't get there. And you have uh, Mr. Walker on the other side. He kind of, he was a beast, but he just didn't get to the quarterback. So, you know, if they can figure those things out, uh, along with, you know, the linebackers, they got uh, Oluquan at linebacker, you know, they borrowed him from Atlanta. And, uh, you know, and figure out who's going to be the corner opposite of Tyson Campbell, then they can definitely be doing some major things in the AFC, not just the AFC South. But, you know, of course, those are things to look at for that team. I just kind of wanted to give you a, a quick rundown of the team and what you could be looking for, which, in my opinion, I think the offense will be leading the team, but eventually the defense is potentially going to catch up as the season goes along. Right. Any questions for Jacksonville Jaguars Tech fellas? I, I got one. Oh, go I ahead. Got one. Go ahead. All right. I was gonna keep it short and sweet. Trevor Lawrence, MVP, MVP caliber season. Uh, next season. I have him I, as my way too early MVP prediction. <laughs> I've heard that a lot, though. I've definitely heard that a lot. Not only here. But across the whole hexagon, is that what we're going to call it now? The hexagon, at least, whatever. <laughs> uh, but uh, across social media, yeah, I've heard it across all social media, basically that um, Trevor Lawrence is going to be you know, the MVP and he's got all these things going on. But the quick thing I want to remind everyone is that they still are the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, when have they put two seasons together of great play? Tell oh, me. That is, that the is last time they had that, that's, 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 that's Tom Coughlin. That's Tom, Coughlin. <laughs> Tom, yeah. Tom Coughlin is the last time that I've ever seen them put back-to-back seasons together of successful seasons. So if it happens this year, it'll be atypical from what they usually do. So they've got expectations this year. I mean, you don't you don't trust Dougie P? 
Well, I, it's not that I don't trust Dougie P. You know, I, I just don't trust the uh, the, 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 of the organization. The aura of the Jacksonville Jaguars—that's what oh, he prefers. I will say this: the Jaguars are going to be are going to be talented. I just want to see can they get over, you know, just the the things they ha- they have had to deal with in their organization. Remember when everyone's talking about them when you know Jalen Ramsey and that team went to the AFC title game, and the next year they just stunk it up. It could potentially happen. There's president for it. So that's that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying they can't be successful, but you know, there's precedent for them not to be successful there too. And, and for me, like that's what I wanted. Like I essentially that's what I wanted to ask is because what you just said, like as a Steelers fan, as a fan of a team that is historically at the top of the ASC, not so much lately. Um, but you kind of look at the Jacksonville Jaguars as like the little brothers, like the way I feel about the Jaguars is how I feel about the Cleveland Browns. It's like, yeah, you'll get your season of success, but then here comes like five or six more where you just like things don't work out for you. So then my question would be, do you believe Trevor Lawrence is that good of a talent to overcome some of the bad history that they have? I definitely think he is. I mean, especially hooked up with Dougie P, you know, as everybody want to call him these days. I don't call him Doug Peterson anymore. I guess he got his rap name now. But, uh, you know, as far as uh, the, the Jaguars, yes. I definitely think that, you know, he's Trevor Lawrence is good enough to overcome those, you know, those bad seasons of Jacksonville Jaguar football. And, you know, hopefully they don't get a fight on the sideline or in the game or anything like that, too, like, you know, you know previous seasons. You know, I'm not mentioning no names. And, Meg, do you have a question? Uh <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was my question. Was, I, I knew like, it was coming. Come on. Was, Come on. <laughs> one, do you do you believe in Doug Peterson? But two, like, do you think that Trevor can uh, duplicate the success that he had from week nine on? Because from week nine on, he was, what, third in the league behind Burrow and, and Patrick Mahomes? And, you know, the, the thing I, I want to impress the people is that I don't think that that happens by accident, right? Because you had Urban Meyer before and he couldn't figure out what to do with the whole team, let alone Trevor Lawrence. But Doug (laughs) Peterson finally figured out, okay, I've got a success factor here. So now, not only are you getting a second year with Doug Peterson, but now you're adding more weapons, right? You secure Ingram. You revived Ingram's career at that. Let's put that there. Stick a pin in it. Um, And then you bring Ridley back, right? So now you got Ridley, Kirk, Ingram. You've got ETN as well. You pick up Tank Bisbee. Like, they've got some options there, right? Like, I think the Jags are going to be a lot better than people are going to give them credit for. I do have them winning the AFC South again. Um, But my my question is, how how much are we buying into the fact that Trevor could potentially put together back-to-back seasons and buck this, this trend that, like, hey, the Jaguars can't do, you know, good for longer than one season? Well, he definitely can do that. I mean, honestly, there's been quarterbacks who come along and kind of buck the trend of different organizations, you know, see uh, Mr. Burrow up there in Cincinnati, by the way. But, uh, yeah, so there's been court. There's president for this. So, you know, last year I would say is more like a rookie season for Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion, uh, because, well, well, that, you know, the first year, I mean, basically he had to be the coach, he had to be the counselor, and he had to be the quarterback. <laughs> So no, this year, last year he actually just could focus and be the quarterback and be the rookie quarterback, you know. So I'm gonna say this is his second year, but you know something comes along in that second year and it's something called film, and to me, that's when you can tell a quarterback is taking that next level, that next leap. When people have film on you and you make those adjustments and you still are successful, 
that's when you're taking it to another level as a quarterback. And that's what I'm anxious to see about Trevor Lawrence, which I think he will because I think he has the aptitude and the ability to do so. But I just want to see how he goes through those little tough times where people figure out what he was doing last year and kind of evolves and develops over that different time this year. So first I have a comment. Um, I do. I am a big believer in Trevor Lawrence, but it was interesting to see him with pressure because as the season folded down the last couple of weeks, that last game gets tights. He didn't particularly play well that game. Then also the playoff game, he did throw those four picks in the first half before turning it around. So he still had that moment when he got to pressure situations. Now he got film on them. Now he's going to have teams knowing the Jacks are good. So it's going to be interesting to see how you do this year. But I am a, a big believer in him. He was number one pick for a reason. So I have a full belief that he's going to excel this season. And my question is about Jacksonville's defense. Um, mm-hmm. you, I think you said you expect them to get better as the season go along. Do you expect them to be bad as a se- when the season starts or like middle of the pack? How – where, where would you think their defense would be ranking, like, overall? I think they're going to be middle of the pack. You know, uh, you know, what's going to happen to them probably early in the season is their offense is going to have to save them, kind of like, you know, sunshine on a rainy day. Yeah, that's a Trevor Lawrence point. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, as far as – as far as the defense, like, shake yes. your head, shake your head. That's one too many at this point. We let the first one slide. Now we have Man, too many. All these dad jokes in here. <laughs> I couldn't help it, hey. Well, I'm a dad, so hey. But yeah, as far as the defense, uh, you know, I expect them to start middle of the pack. I think Oluquan is going to be key to that because, I mean, basically he's a tackling machine at, at the linebacker spot. So that'll help them uh, to kind of get over a little bit of the uneasiness probably at the defense. Uh, the good thing is they do have a lot of pieces coming back. The bad thing is they have a lot of pieces coming back. So, you know, they don't have that one difference maker. They're like, okay, cool. That guy's going to be it this year. That guy's going to get all the sacks or get the pressure or whatever that they need. I mean, plus, they're missing Arden Key, which, you know, he's playing for the Titans now. So that's another thing they're going to have to overcome as well. So, you know, that'll it'll be interesting, but I think they'll start middle of the pack. Oloquan will kind of get it started, and it'll be interesting to see if Josh Allen, going into probably what will be his last year there, in my opinion, it's going to be interesting to see how he does. Josh Allen, the the, the linebacker, y'all, not Josh Allen, Buffalo yeah. Bills, by the way. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how he does in terms of you know developing and maybe rushing the passer some in Jacksonville because he hadn't done that well since his first year there. Right, that's a great point by Ryan. They have a first-place schedule. Like I said, the Jags, we got to see how good they are <laughs> pretty quickly. <laughs> oh, man. But – Moving forward to the Titans, of course, I'll cover them, but Mike lives in Nashville, so feel free to interject uh, at any given point if I miss anything with the Titans. So, of course, my team, and the main reason I do, we do this like this divisional episode is because national media don't cover all teams like that, right? The Titans are one of them teams. They just kind of completely ignore D-Hop signs to them. Oh, why he signed, blah, blah, blah. Why he signed with them, right? So this is why we do this. And it's not just the Titans. It's more teams like that <laughs> that they do that again. again. So, uh, we do this, try to educate the listeners to like, okay, I don't, I don't follow the Titans, so I want to know what they're doing, right? Same thing with me. I don't know what all the other teams are doing. So just really actually generally learning about the other team. So Titans, crazy offseason. First started with us hiring a new GM, ran Carton for the 49ers. Uh, some people didn't seem to know that because they <laughs> thought they went back to the A.J. Brown trade. I'm like, that was the previous GM. That's the reason he got fired. 
<laughs> Mid-season at that. Exactly. Yep. After A.J. Brown <laughs> went off on this. Like, <laughs> come on in. <laughs> but the Titans, um, you know, they came out. They started out 73 before everybody and their mama got hurt on the team and went to IR and lost seven games in a row to end the season. And here we are. So got a new GM, fired Todd Downey, the offense coordinator. That was horrible, uh, to put it nicely. <laughs> horrible. Hired Tim Kelly. Um, who did fairly decent in Houston, kind of mixed reviews. We'll see, but he does have familiarity with the new signing, DeAndre Hopkins, who helps immensely helps the receiving room. A lot of great reviews how to trade and break the first round pick from last year. It puts him back in his primary wide receiver two position. So you kind of got a good one, two threat right there. Derrick Henry returns. Ryan Tannehill, y'all know, y'all know how I feel about Ryan Tannehill. Probably getting disrespected like a mud this week, this past week. I, I gotta admit. <laughs> Because people ignore what he does in the regular season. He wins in the regular season. You can get on him by playoff performance all you want, and I get on him by playoff performance. But regular season, he performs. Last year, we probably missed playoffs because he missed five games. We were we one and four in those games. So, like, however you want to slice it, he knows how to produce in the regular season. You give him the right weapons. You give him a decent offensive line, which they did revamp this offseason, and that's probably one of the bigger questions coming into the season. We drafted our first-round pick, Peter Skaronski, signed Andre Dillard from the Eagles, and uh, Bronski from the 49ers. So, whole revamped offensive line. I started right tackle. It's suspended the first six games of the season for gambling. So, got to figure that out. <laughs> but, and like, he was great anyway, his rookie year last year. So, we got some things to figure out there. Defensively-wise, extended big Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, signed Arden Key away from the Jaguars, which helps the pass rush. Our best pass rusher is returning. He tore his ACL. First week of the regular season last year, Harold Landry, he's coming back. So pass rush, probably still good. Linebacker situation, got uh, Mike's guy, Aziz Al-Shahir from the 49ers to replace David Long, who was really good but stayed hurt. And our secondary is the biggest question on defense. We did sign the cornerback from the Buccaneers, uh, Sean Murphy Bunny, and he should help that room as well. The one mishap that – our new GM may have had this offseason was asking Kevin Byer to take a pay cut. It's officially been resolved. They did restructure his contract where he essentially did take a pay cut, but did it in a way where it became incentive-based so he could earn the money back based on incentive. So all worked out. Everybody's returning. That's the Tennessee Titans for you in a nutshell coming to the season. So any questions? I want to uh, hold on before you go forward. I want to ask or mention a few things as well. Um, now you did mention that, you know, that Burks is going to go to the you know the number two spot, but also the other thing that that was not mentioned there is Kyle Phillips goes Kyle to Phillips. the slot position, yeah, which Phillips. actually yeah. fits what he does. And now Chig becomes your number three weapon, which mm-hmm. basically makes him even more dangerous because you have to guard, you have to go against Burks, you have to go against uh, Hadi Hop on the other side, which leaves the middle right there for Chig to have a fun time. So, and plus also you got to remember he's averaging fourteen yards per catch last year. Yep. Which is a yep. lot for a tight end. So, for, another thing those, to mention there. And for those who don't know, Chig led all rookies in receiving yards and tight end. And he probably did better if we had a bit offense coordinator. That's, I'm just being upfront. Tied down and then include him enough. Uh, and also, <laughs> Cal Phillips, he had almost 80 yards receiving out his very first game last year against the Giants. Got hurt on the last play that he caught when we got field goal range, hurt his shoulder. Then he had a hamstring injury like two weeks later. He pretty much missed the rest of the season. But his I'll, I'll, tell you this, I'll tell you this about him, though, too. He has put on about 10 to 15 pounds. 
this offseason. So he looks yep. a lot bigger and stronger this year, which maybe will make him a little more sturdy. And I did, you know, see, and then also, of course, secondary. Um, <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Um, I hate to say it, but I don't know if Farley's going to make it, man. He's back on uh, the pup list to start the year. Oh, uh, so so that's why so I'm like, I don't know how that one's going to turn out, to be like, honest. I, it was so weird when they, shot, when they signed Sean Murphy Bunny because he already wired well, a cornerback five or six off, off the top. Uh, unless they move, unless they officially move Elijah Moody to safety, but yeah, they they have they 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 have started working in more in safety, so he, yeah. he pretty much is going to be a safety. Yeah. So I I would tell you this, it wouldn't be crazy. I'm I don't have any knowledge of this, but I'm just going to put this out there. It would not be crazy to me that if uh, our boy that you just mentioned ends up replacing Kevin Byard at safety, if they're not able to come to an agreement next year or this next year. season, I can see that. Would and- not surprise me. Another important note, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry are on the last year of the contracts. So you might you be this might be the last year of the Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Kevin Byer core. That's pretty much the leaders of the team. So this might be the last hurrah for that core. Maybe they did sign D Hop to a two year deal. So I mean, they might that was that was evident when you when you picked up Levis, right? Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that was pretty much the white flag. Like, all right, yeah. Tannehill. And they're definitely doing that this year. They might because they yeah. signed Diop to your deal. I can see them bringing Derrick Henry and potentially buy your back in. Hey, let's see. It's kind of like Kansas City did with Alex Smith turning over to Pat Mahomes. Not saying we love Pat Mahomes, but you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this too. Also, you know, everyone's crowning Will Levis the backup quarterback. He's still got to beat Willis. out Malik Go. Willis. Malik, Malik Willis is Willis. actually doing much better than he is in train yes. in uh in the offseason. Yeah. Now training camp is, is about to get here. We'll see what happens Great. then. But you know, Will Levis has got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. I'm ready for Malik, man. But questions. Yeah. I, I think that was gonna be one of my questions. Like, what do you feel like are the chances that Malik starts this season? Um, I feel like Tannehill's been banged up uh, you know, the last couple of seasons and hasn't really been able to endure an entire season. Uh, so my question to you is over under eight games that Malik Willis starts. I say under. I think so Tannehill missed five last year. Before that, he I don't think he had missed a game before since he'd been retired. He had relatively stayed healthy. But throughout his career, he had been hurt. Yeah, that's what I yeah, there you go. Sorry. So last year, uh, we had I think we had the bad worst off, if not the worst, we had one of the worst offensive line in the league. Dennis David was a cone that left tackle. You know how Patrick Beverly called Chris Paul a cone. No, Dennis David was a real cone. For real. <laughs> a cone <laughs> um, is crazy. So Tannehill, wow. too, he he didn't stand shame. So I you got a relatively decent offensive line. I think he'll stay healthy the majority of the season. But I say under because I st- you know, we got a new GM, he didn't draft the league with us. So I still feel like Will Levis is going to have the better chance to get the two spot over him. But I'm hoping Malik, um, as she shows out in training camp and makes it a tough decision. But I say Andre, I think Tannehill finished the majority of the season because he's playing for a new contract. That mm-hmm. this might be the end for him for his career as a starter. So he this is this is last who out to really prove some things. So. And I also want to make sure to let everyone know that uh Ryan Tannehill is one of the oldest quarterbacks in the NFL, by the way. Um, you have Aaron Rodgers, and then you have him, basically. That's wild. He said to the daily couldn't block a parked car. <laughs> he could. <laughs> oh, my God. No, you know he's Sorry. playing for Arizona now, right? He's I know. Right. Arizona oh. 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 I don't know how you got in the job. <laughs> Tell me you're tanking without telling me you're tanking. Anyway. Exactly. <laughs> uh, my, my question for you, Shark, and we kind of, we're, we're joking about it now, but again, it's one of those that, like, 
the offensive line was terrible last year. So, like, what, you know, who do you see coming out of the crop of the, you know, of those positions to say, okay, he he's going to be the leader, and I project, you know, with his leadership, you know, our offensive line should be better. Ramped him, but I started left guard converted to center this season. Uh, Mike Raper has said a lot of good things about Aaron Brewer. And I think center is more of his right position. Um, he's a little small and he's good at run blocking, but not good at pass blocking. At center, you can kind of command control and kind of work around those things. So I think Aaron Brewer is going to take over the leadership role of the offensive line. And especially he's the only one who's the returning starter of the offensive line as well. Because everybody else is literally a new starter, except by right tackle who suspended the first six games of the season. You know, Nicholas Petit Friere. So, I'm also going to tell you too that um, you know George Fant is probably a, a distinct possibility to yep. sign with, with the Titans, which is a veteran offensive lineman to you know yep. fill in those six games. But I have another leader, another leader for that offensive line. That'd be Brunskill. They brought in from the 49ers. Oh, nice. He's a physical, rugged run blocker. That does exactly what the Titans like to do, and that's beat you up at the line of scrimmage. So he's going to set the tone, in my opinion, for that entire offensive line. All right. Uh, my question for the tight uh, regarding the Titans is, um, what are your expectations per se for DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, because you guys have had this big time number one receiver come into your organization before with Julio Jones and things didn't really work out as the way uh, things would have planned for the Titans. Cause he was supposed to be the guy to put the Titans over the top to get you guys to the Super Bowl. And now you have this another blessing coming in with DeAndre Hopkins. So, uh, and from what I'm hearing, he's going to be your number one. And uh, he's been relatively banged up. I mean, he only missed five games last season, but um, just overall, what are your expectations for Diop? So I think the misconception about D-Hop, he only had one season where he really got hurt. That was two years ago. Remember, yeah. he was suspended last year for PEDs. That's why he missed the first that six games. Right. And the last two games, I don't think he was actually hurt. They just He doesn't play. They just sat him or he went way up. I don't know what happened. Him and Arizona had fallen out. He would have led us receiving yards last year. He played nine games and had 700-some yards. How did receiver have only 500-some, maybe? Five. Five. <laughs> five. Uh, yeah. Eight. And that's maybe. That's true. I mean, mistaken. And Trader Preston missed like six games. I think he would have more if he played, but injuries happened with him. So he's the one more worried about with the banked up situation. Uh, D Hop, I think because the difference between Julio, Julio had the injuries. Also, he had tied down the common plays for him. I think Tim Kelly, who has a familiarity, familiarity with D Hop in Houston, he coached him in Houston. He had uh, like 1,100, almost 200 yards playing for him. And his essentials got me. So his contract is incentive basis where it's 12 mil with three mil incentives if he reached like a thousand yards, 10 touchdowns. So for them to put that in the contract, that lets me know that they plan to feature him and try to get him the targets to get to reach those peaks. So I said, I expect, uh, and he hasn't had a thousand yards the last two seasons due to injuries suspension. I expect him to get to a thousand yards. Uh, 10 touchdowns, not so sure because we tend to run the ball once we get in the red zone. Derrick Henry normally. He sold it up, so I'd say definitely a thousand yards, probably five touchdowns or so. That's about what I expect out of him. Okay. And let me throw something else out there too. Um, you know, when D Hop was actually under the current offensive coordinator for the Titans, 104 receptions that year. So yep. just keep awesome. that in mind too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. He's gonna be featured. Oh yeah, he's definitely gonna be featured. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he Oh, and the answer to question about how soon to pick D Hop up and fancy. 
I don't I never trust Tyrese receivers in fantasy. I know I just say I expect to have a good no. year, but I, I'm telling you now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wait <laughs> on it. Hold it though. Honestly, I honestly truthfully, I will wait for the waiver wire to be honest with you. Yes, honestly <laughs> and transparency, my brother. I, I will honestly wait for that waiver wire, bro, because yeah. I honestly would not spend a draft pick on DeAndre Hopkins. It's nothing yeah. against him. Yeah, just, yeah, I already already know where you're going, man. I yeah, already know the, where you're going. Yeah, the tires to see I wait for the waiver wire is Cal Phillips attention. I think he's gonna get because D Hop is probably gonna get double. They're gonna get the attention. Cal Phillips is gonna have a lot of like those, and him and Tannehill had a good repertoire their first game. So I think the I think the guy that actually is gonna be a sneaky good guy in fantasy is gonna be Chig. You can get yeah. Chig late, but he's gonna yeah. produce. Yeah. I mean, honestly, look at the look at the passes that he caught last year. I mean, look at the pass he caught against Kansas City. It was a short pass, it's but he broke game. like 20, 11 tackles and ran for like fifty some odd yards. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm a big chick fan. I, I, I'm. Nico. And Steve Hop though, we've named the QB he's played with. That's true. Tannehill could potentially be the best QB outside of Cal Fields. <laughs> he's played with. I mean, Cal Fields, Kyler Murray. He's played with. That's and Deshaun. No, no, he, he did play with D Hop. And Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I like. But other than that, yo. Other than yeah, that, though, I mean, he, he did have. He did have a. Ooh, that, that's that is that's a list. dirty laundry list of quarterback names. <laughs> and Deshaun Watson was the dirtiest of them all. Hey, Continue, let me sir. let me ask you let me ask you a question. <laughs> let me ask you a question. <laughs> Would you take all the Cleveland quarterbacks or all the bad quarterbacks that D Hops played with? What a would you rather? Play that for Rudy yeah. Wood. Play that for Would You Rather. That's a good one. Right. 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 I got one for you there too. But yeah, you know, you know, keep put that one in the in, in your pocket, Mike. So that's, that's a good one. All right. oh, let's move forward to Meg's Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What hasn't happened uh this offseason? Let me let me start with February 14th. So it's Valentine's Day. We are in love. You got a new coach in your life. Uh, so you hire Shane Steichen to be the new face of the of the franchise and to lead you forward after a tumultuous season in which you went 4-12 and, of course, won. Um, so from there, you have eight new faces along with Shane Steichen. So an entire, pretty much an entire new staff minus uh, Gus Bradley and his defensive assistants. So from there, you march your way through the draft. You pick up some small pieces, of course, here and there with free agency. There really wasn't a ton going on, but I would say the biggest splash was obviously signing Matt Gay. Uh, it got a lot of attention because they were like, oh, my gosh, you signed a kicker during free agency, which that usually doesn't happen. You usually don't give kickers big you know, contracts. And then it became the biggest contract ever for a kicker in free agency because, yeah, kickers don't get signed in free agency. Hello. But if you're the Colts and you had a kicker who missed several game winning kicks uh, and who who's kicking field goal percentage was less than 80 percent, then, yes, you would get yourself a new kicker. Mm-hmm. There we go. I digress. Um, all right. From there, you draft what everyone was waiting on, which was a quarterback of the future. So you got Anthony Richardson and 11 other draft picks, a heck of a draft class for Chris Ballard. 
athletes all over the board. Uh, I won't go through all of them, but Anthony Richardson is obviously the most notable there. And I would say he did really well in the second round by coming back to get Juju Brents at 44 instead of at 32, which is a really nice pickup for him. Uh, how he managed to do that, I don't know, but it's a sneaky good pickup. Uh, there are some other ones along the way as well. Well, actually, I'll mention one more. Josh Downs was one that was really, really nice. They had actually tried to trade up for him for 30 minutes and couldn't get it done, but they were able to come back and get him, and Josh Downs is a dog. And so jump, don't let – Jump right in front of us to get him. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> don't let anyone tell you that they weren't in on Josh Downs because I've heard it from several teams now that they were upset the Colts took Josh Downs. So he's a smaller body wide receiver who plays really big got a great catch radius excited to see what he does uh all right from there the Colts offseason has really been what in the world are you going to do what is this offense going to look like it was really the stuff of nightmares last season so it was ranked in the bottom third of the league I don't know gave up like 6,000 fumbles on the offensive line so many sacks uh Matt Ryan is gone of course now you're bringing Gardner Minshew to help I guess support and mentor uh Anthony Richardson you still got Sam uh, Ellinger on the roster as well. You got some options there so that you let Anthony Richardson continue to flourish. Now, the big things that are going into training camp uh, right now, and of course, I've missed some options, some other things on the defense. I'll get there in a second because there's a lot happening. But the big things on offense that are happening that you're probably going to look for in training camp is, one, who's going to be QB1? Uh, as far as I know right now, it's going to be split between Anthony Richardson and Minshew. They're going to continue splitting reps until they figure out who's going to be QB1. Stephen Holder confirmed that uh, this morning, I think, or within the last day or so. Uh, the other thing to look for is Jonathan Taylor. He's looking for potentially a new deal, and obviously he's watching what's happening with Saquon Barkley, and he's watching what's happening with Josh Jacobs and all these other running backs who've spoken up: McCaffrey, Eckler, uh, Chubb. You know, they're all looking like, "Hey, we want to get paid. We, you know, we're critical pieces here. Don't, you know, just gloss over us." That's on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, oh my goodness! Uh, so you traded away Stephon Gilmore, which was already whew. That made your quarterback room really, really thin. But then you lose Isaiah Rogers to suspension. And that, my friend, is panic bells for this the secondary. So you've got Kenny Moore, who you decided to keep. Okay, fine. But that's it <laughs> as far as veterans, really, that have true cornerback experience in the secondary. you got a couple of guys who play special teams, and they've been pulled from the depth of the emergency depth to play cornerback here or there, but they don't really have true cornerback experience. So if I'm a Colts fan, I'm worried, I'm nervous, because the Colts have not signed any depth to help out that room, which makes me wonder, what are you doing, Chris Ballard, with this secondary? Do you trust them to run? Because if, if so, I have questions, because your pass rush, while improved, is still not to the level that you expect it to be, which means it's going to put a lot of stress on your secondary, and they're really young. I expect a lot of burnt toast cornerbacks happening uh, this season. That's my rundown off the top of my head. What questions do you got for me? Uh, I'll just come right out the gate and say it because you mentioned that uh, QB1 is split. I thought it may it was definitive that it was going to be Anthony Richardson. Uh, so over under eight games that Anthony Richardson starts for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, so I've actually got it uh, under un, under that. So I've got it at plus or minus six games. Um, I think at that point you would know, like, you know, hey, Richardson has enough underneath his shoulder. And I think the main reason why probably they haven't given him the range yet is because they want to see more from him, right? Like he's learning that the margin of error is really small in the NFL. You only had 13 starts, so this is an accelerated learning course for him. Um, I think I would be shocked if it went more than that. 
like at that point, it's like, okay, this is a much, you know, stronger hill for him. Um, and the other thing I would keep in mind is I'm sure I trust Gardner Minshew for eight games. Like I think Gardner Minshew is good enough to come in for you if you needed him for three or four. But at that rate, I would just say throw Richardson in there. You, I mean, you gotta, he's gotta learn at some point. Like I, I don't necessarily feel like, oh yeah, Gardner Minshew is QB one. We're going to ride him for the full 17 games. No, I, I, no, I don't think that you drafted Richardson at four for a reason. I think that you're going to get closer to about six games uh, before you see them like, okay, go ahead, buddy. Like we're going to, we're going to roll with you. So specific, right. specifically sign, specifically start Gardner Minshew for the game at Jacksonville because <laughs> He can help win that guy. He got revenge on his mind. Y'all can win it for the first time. I was going to say, I, I had this conversation with some Jags fans the other day, and they were telling me, oh, they're going to sweep the Colts, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, now listen now. With a noodle arm, Matt Ryan, we split the games with you last season, right? Like you, Matt Ryan won in Indy, and of course, you know, the Colts got hosed and kicked all the way up and down the field in Jacksonville. So I think it's still possible to do that here. But that's a very tall ask week one to come out and play Jacksonville and then follow it up with uh, the Texans right after two back-to-back divisional games. Okay. Question for me. So addressing the cornerback issue, do you see a scenario in which they have eyes on a particular cornerback and address it, you know, midseason? Or is it just one of those that, you know, we'll just kind of figure it out. We'll try to patch it where we can throughout the season and then address it in the next year's draft. (sighs) It's tough, honestly. Um, if it were me, I would pick up someone like a Marcus Peters and, you know, see what he could do, you know, to help help boost your secondary, right? But if I'm Chris Ballard, I think he's going to be very particular about what he does with the secondary. They drafted three corners, three. So, I mean, you've got the depth in terms of like, hey, you need the bodies, but the experience is where I pause. So I could see Chris Ballard saying, you know what, let's just roll with it. Like, let's go. Like, it's fine. We'll, you know, we'll take the lumps here. Um, but I think fans are going to be on the side of, oh my goodness, we need help. <laughs> like, go get somebody now. And to be fair, though, I think Chris Ballard is is going to continue to till this roster, right? Like, you you, you got to do that, um, you know, going forward. And especially if you want to compete with in not only the AFC South, but, I mean, let's talk about going forward. Like, you want to, in my mind, Kansas City is the, is the, is the threshold. Oh, I'll answer that in a second. Um, but in my mind, Kansas City is a threshold. And whatever moves you are doing need to be to that point. Like, we need to be trying to beat the Kansas Cities of the world, the, the Eagles of the world, those, those teams. Uh, and I think that question was, do you think this is the last year Chris Ballard will be GM? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I'll tell you why. You've had you've now had six seasons, right, with Chris Ballard. And Andrew Luck retired in 2019, and you are still trying to figure out what to do with this quarterback position. And I get it. It wasn't an easy fix. No one expects to, you know, wake up and all of a sudden your franchise quarterback has retired. But my point being is you thought that you were just a quarterback away when you got Matt Ryan. And it was clear to me that it was not just a quarterback issue, but also it was an entire roster issue, which is part of the reason Andrew Luck retired. He was getting beat up all the time. Football was no longer enjoyable for him. You had holes on your offensive line. Um, And then, and then you said, Hey, we'll just go out and we'll get a quarterback and it'll be all be fixed. Right. It's not the case. Holes on the offensive line. You didn't have enough uh, uh, weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Your pass rush was failing. 
It was only coming from, you know, the middle of the line there with, with Buck and Grover. Like there were holes all over this roster. And I think that Chris Ballard gets the grace because he's got a lot of pro bowlers on the roster. Like, don't get me wrong. He's a phenomenal drafter, but building a roster is where I stopped short with him. And he's been very bullish on some of his decisions, letting people go, uh, you know, too late or bringing in people on cheap, you know, deals. He gets called bargain bin Ballard for a reason. Um, and so, you know, fans really are like frustrated. They're tired. And I think the only person who's really giving him grace is Jim Ursay because he knows that, yeah, Chris Ballard is actually a pretty decent re- GM, but, and he's, a, you know, let me say that. Let me not say decent. He's a good GM in terms of what he's delivered, but the expectations that the Colts have, he's not delivered on that. And that's where I see him. Like, you know, this could be his last year, like regardless of what Jim Ursay says, he also said that Frank Reich was going to be here and he was fired two weeks later. So take anything <laughs> he says with a grain of salt. It sounds a lot like John Robinson. <laughs> What's a good GM? Oh, but he, you know, he, Boston, actually, drafting was his problem. Boston building is fine. Drafting was his problem. But, um, my drafting first, early, I would say, is his problem. Yeah, dra- yeah, first in first <laughs> round, second round, he was great. First rounds, boy. Um, mm-hmm. my question offensive line, I know, you know, this Anthony Richardson's first year, how's the offensive line situation? Is has it improved? I know last year that was a problem for y'all. Had, did y'all make any changes there to help him out? Yeah, so you've got Bernard Raymond, left tackle. It's going to come back for a second season. He was actually your best player last year, oddly enough, and he was a rookie, which is crazy, uh, considering you've got some pro bowlers and some all pros on that line. Uh, Quentin Nelson is coming back, and you hope that you get the the regular version of Quentin Nelson, not whatever this Quentin Nelson light version that we're getting. Uh, Ryan Kelly is back. They decided to keep him. Um, so you hope that he returns to form. He hasn't looked the same really since 2021 season, uh, maybe even 2020 as well, end of 2020. Um, on the right hand side, you got questions at right guard. So Will Fries was there for, for nine games, but they don't really have a starting right guard right now. They're going to plug Will Fries in there for right now. Cause that's all you got. Um, but that question might be answered in training camp, uh, with, uh, either, you know, some draft picks that you had, or even there's an undrafted free agent called Emil Ikior Jr. out of Alabama. He went undrafted, which was surprised to many, but he's got starting talent. Um, so I could see him, you know, essentially maybe landing that right guard um, job. And then you have right tackle and Braden Smith. Where this gets interesting is that the Colts also drafted Blake Freeland, who is a really good offensive tackle. But it makes you wonder if you don't bring in a right guard, which they didn't um, in free agency, would you would you kick Smith inside to the right guard when he played in college um, and have Freeland play right tackle? Now that would make Smith a really expensive right guard, but the point being is that you would have a you know a secured line there, so to speak. Uh, that's a long answer to say that this line is better than it was uh, during the season. You had Matt Pryor, who probably should never be playing right tackle, left tackle, right guard, or you know, as my friends like to say, he should be on the left bench. Um, he was a liability up and down the field. So I think if you remove some of those things like that and you get some consistency on this line, Anthony Richardson is going to be fine. Um, I think the largest thing that for the line is that uh, Chris Ballard admitted at the end of the season that he made some assumptions that, you know, again, this bargain bin Ballard mentality that, uh, you know, that you could that the, the play of the line would be absorbed by the good play of Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly and Braden Smith. Well, when all three aren't playing well because your left tackle position is a mess, your right guard position is a mess. This is what happens when you make assumptions. So now that they've got it situated, I think that they will be fine going forward. Well, we gonna ask a question. Yeah, I okay. got a screen pulling up. How to pronounce <clears throat> this man's name? 
the pick number one ten overall. I know y'all call him double A. <laughs> double A. <laughs> <laughs> Petty. Oh, that's very funny. Um, listen, nah, I'm not even going to not even going to <laughs> attempt to try because I know I'm going to butcher it. But he is called Double A or Ade Ade, as most people call him. Um, and and listen, I'm going to listen. If I if I see him at Colts camp, I will ask him specifically. How do you pronounce your name? Because I want to make sure that I do it. But yeah, everyone just calls him Double A. <laughs> Shark, I'm mad you had that in your back pocket. Like you was he, on there to like he, yeah. he was on there like that was that big joker. Like, that is oh my gosh. Uh Zyre the league in tackles again. Listen, you might. There's been some changes here. You lost some pieces. You don't know if Shaq Leonard's gonna come back. Uh, I think he will though, uh, based on you know my gut feelings. But oh wow, the Colts are going only as far as JT will carry them. Oh, that is spicy. Um, wow. <laughs> Like, which Leonard are y'all? These questions are from the top row. That's Jeez. a good one. <laughs> which Leonard are y'all getting this season, Darius or Shaquille? Good grief. Good wow. grief. Wow. <laughs> now, I, did, I did have a question for you about tight ends. I mean, y'all seem to collect tight ends the last couple of years. I mean, you've got like five of them that you've drafted. Can you please sort out what in the heck they are doing with that tight end room? Because you got Ogletree, you got Grinson, you got – um, I mean, you got to do this to be a former basketball player. You got uh, Jelani Woods. I mean, you got the guy out back playing tight end, too. I mean, <laughs> can you please explain to me what is going yeah. on with all these daggum tight ends? Yeah, you got Mo Ali Cox. You got Will Mallory. I mean, there's there's yeah. options. Um, so let me say this. I think what has happened is that they are still trying to figure out what to do post a Jack Doyle era. So Jack Doyle was a really critical piece of that Colts offense, uh, Mr. Reliable. <laughs> Uh, and I think once Jack retired, it was like, okay, uh, Mo Ali Cox is the only person who's left. We're going to pay him because he's the veteran in the room. We want Mo to step up. Obviously, they didn't expect the production, you know, right? Like Mo's never necessarily been that massive production guy. But I, uh, and what I mean by that is like he's not going to have Jack Doyle production. But I think they expected more out of him. And when they, when they didn't really get it, they're like, okay, all right, we need some help. So you go and get a Jelani Woods. You go and get a Drew Ogletree. Kylan Granson was already on, on the roster. And the problem with, with having that many tight ends, you got to utilize them properly. And I don't think Frank Reich did that when he was here. Uh, they were criminally, criminally underutilized. Uh, Jelani Woods outpaced Mo Alley Cox last year in, in touchdowns and yards. Um and he, he's a rookie and he wasn't even really targeted that much. So that's the crazy thing. Um, and I think here's the thing. Kylan Granson was also another guy who I really am trying to figure out what they were doing. They had him on special teams like week three against Kansas City. He did well, but it just was like, what? Like you guys need to utilize him. You drafted him to be a middle of the field guy, eat those yards up, and then you don't utilize him there. Uh, Drew, I think, was, is was, let me say this. He's going to be a story for camp this year to watch because he was tearing up training camp last year before he went down with an ATL injury. And in my mind, I really think he was outpacing everyone that includes Mo Alley Cox as well. Um, and he probably would have been tight in one, which is wild to think that that rookie would come in and just, you know, surpass everyone. And then the Colts went and got Will Mallory, which I think they just were like, oh, athlete. Um, and so they went and got him to add to this tight end room. But I think that was more of a signal to Mo Alley Cox that if you don't get it together, you will be traded, which they'd put him on the trade block this, uh, this off season. So I really think they're still trying to look for answers of what's going to be that one, two punch uh, for them. But I would keep my eye on Drew Ogletree healthy 
and Jelani Woods is my sleeper pick for the year. Shameless plug. You'll see it in all my writing. Uh, but he's been my been my sleeper pick for the year. He's a massive human being, 6'7", 253 pounds. Uh, he's got some explosion to him. Uh, the height alone is a mismatch. He is a walking mismatch. You need to utilize him. Everybody else will fall into place after that. But Jelani Woods is probably the guy that I would feed things through. I like Jelani. Right. I like Jelani Woods a lot. I think it was our first game against the Titans, Colts, I think he scored like he, he did really well in the game. He I know he had touchdowns yeah. and things. So. Yeah. I mean, he had two against Kansas City, including the game winner. Like, I, and then you didn't really see a whole lot of touchdowns from him after that because they didn't utilize him properly. Yeah. And then I think the other play that I would probably think about is the Vikings game, which we won't talk about that game. But in that game, he had a 35-yard catch, boom, and then they just didn't utilize him after that. So, Boy, boy, that Sounds was like a bad like game. <laughs> that was a bad game, really- wasn't it, Mag? It was painful. Painful. <laughs> I bet. I bet. You know, you turn off, you turn on the TV, they're winning, you turn it all back on again. I was still watching the whole time in disbelief. And on both sides of on both sides of that game, honestly, I was in disbelief that the Colts were up that much, and also in disbelief that they just let the biggest comeback happen in NFL history. Yes, common common denominator, common denominator, Matt Ryan. He's common denominator in both of them. (laughs) You know, the thing is, I wouldn't necessarily say it was Matt Ryan because I think I think uh, several things happened. They stopped being aggressive once they got up, you know, in the game, right? And then the defense was like okay like hey we're chilling we we have this coming out party we we you know we run a touchdown back or whatever else they also were like hey all right like we're chilling all of a sudden it's what is it 36 12 i think it was or something like that um with no 36 18 or something like that with 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter like that tells you <laughs> what happened from there so i just I, I i want people to to remember that that was a, in my mind that was a complete team meltdown it was fun to watch in some senses and sad in others. Moving forward, last team in the division. Who has a problem with the Titans right now? And we'll see at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock when they open New Jersey's. Oh, New Jersey's boy. getting out. So it's going to be a lot of Texas Titans. <laughs> let's talk about the Texans this offseason, Mike. Well, they've had a problem with them ever since they moved. So, you know, hey, mm-hmm. they'll be all right. Yeah. They'll, they'll figure it out. You know, they don't they don't own the trademark, so it is what it is. Um, but as far as the Houston Texans, I mean, they're starting from the bottom. That's all I can say. They are, there's nowhere to go but up. There's nowhere to go but up. Uh, they definitely, you know, invested a lot into different pieces they needed, primarily a quarterback and C.J. Stroud, pass rusher and Will Anderson, which huge move to draft up to get him, to, to trade up in the draft to get him. You know, giving up uh, you know pieces in their next draft next year to do that. So he better be everything they need him to be. Is basically what I'm saying. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting just to see offensively how they can actually try to get better because if Davis Mills starts, they're not getting any better. Uh, C.J. Stroud shouldn't be the guy from the beginning to the end and then some. Uh, but of course, you know you have weapons out there. They brought in Dalton Schultz from the. Cowboys, which I think was a very good move to give him a security blanket. Uh, they bring in Robert Woods, which we know how it worked out in Tennessee. So I think it's actually going to be better for him in Houston than in Tennessee because they probably may put him in a position where he actually plays best, which is the slot. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, offensively, they do have some things to work out. Don't have Brandon Cooks anymore, which he's in Dallas now. And, you know, so it's going to be a, a definitely a – Learning experience with that offense is what I can say. 
defensively, couldn't stop the run at all. So, honestly, it's going to be interesting to see. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do. I mean, honestly, they don't have – they didn't have a pass rusher. Their best pass rusher missed a ton of games last year. And it wasn't like he was a great pass rusher because he barely had like 10 sacks. So, yeah, just take from that what you will. So, Will Anderson comes in and is the best pass rusher. Linebacker core, not really a bunch to talk about there. I mean, you have guys with a bunch of tackles, but not really a standout guy. Uh, now, in the secondary, though, you do have Petrie, though, who was a rookie from Baylor, and I really like him. He's a future all-pro safety. Remember I said that. Um, and then Stingley, you know, I'm still kind of not sold on him, and they don't have really haven't had a set corner outside of him. So it's going to be interesting defensively what D'Amico Ryans is going to be able to create. They may, Who knows? They may put Jimmy Ward there. Who knows? But uh, they did bring him in over for the four, from the 49ers. But they did have a lot of tra uh, transactions, bringing in a lot of veteran pieces to kind of supplement the youth they're going to have. So what can I, I expect from them? I expect them to start slow and maybe by the end of the year kind of find the identity and maybe be a little bit more competitive towards the end of the season than they are at the beginning. So over oh, under six over under six wins. I give them right at six wins. I give them that. And I think they'll I think they'll find a That's way. Demico Ryan's is going. Demico Ryan's is going to give you two wins. He's going to figure yeah. something out defensively mm -hmm. to give you two wins. But other than yeah. that, you know, he can't just make magic out of. He can't just make magic happen every week. Nah. Yeah, I have I have them at six to eight. Uh, wins. I think that's reasonable for them, uh, especially with that much improved team. Um, I think I would agree with you that if you put Davis Mills out there, listen, fans might revolt, honestly. Uh, they've been so hyped, so hyped about C.J. Stroud. Um, that, and, and I'll tell you this. I went to the Texans-Titans game last year in Houston, and there were more people in the parking lot than there were in the stadium. So Ooh. that tells you how they Ooh. feel. I'll tell you this about Houston as well. Boy, oh boy, you're very high on them thinking six to eight, but by the way, but um, Houston is just interesting. They're just interesting, not just in terms of the field, but the people off the field, too. The people off the field, you just think of it, you know, you got the uh, Sirianni guy or Sirianni, good gracious, Cesario, good gracious, I'm butchering his name, but anyway, um, the GM of the team. Nick Casario, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I said his name right the second time. But anyway, um, he has basically got a chance to pick three head coaches since he's been at the helm of that team. When can you name a franchise that bad that has been able – that a GM has been able to name three head coaches? Three. Three. So, to me, he's on the immediate hot seat. His seat is scalding hot. And, yes, uh, by the way, I did forget about Mechie. Mechie is coming back, which is a great story at the wide receiver position. But you still don't know what he's going to give you there at the position. So, But, yeah, I mean, that's, that seat to me has got to be scalding hot for Cesario. It's got to be. I don't necessarily have a question, but more of a statement. Um, the Texans, mm -hmm. six wins. Uh, that was a great over-under, Trevor, because really six is about to die. They, are, they have the – most important positions established essentially quarterback, left tackle, they extended Larry Tonsil and pass rusher. And we're Anderson. So you got this solidified with great, really good young talent. 
you just got to fill out the rest of the roster now. But you got those three spots, and that's a really good starting point. So I really feel like that. Let me throw something else at you. Let me throw something else at you. And everyone says you got to solidify with Laramie Tunsil. Can they, can they solidify him not all starting? That's a question I want to know. Can they solidify that? Because he has that little stance where he's rocking and rolling over there. And I'm like, you can't can't do do that, that, man. You got to fix that in some aspects, man. Yeah. I mean, I think that's all I got for me. I think for the Texans, um, and this is more of a statement than a question, but I, I would I would highly advise their fans to have expectations, tempered expectations. I think they're restless right now because they've been waiting on good football, right? And again, they are hyped about CJ and Will and all their draft picks and things like that. But you have so much new on that team. I think it's going to take some time, you know, for it to get to where the level to where they're wanting it to. Um, I think fans will continue to show up at games, right? Like they're excited. They, again, they, they, the city loves D'Amico Ryans. So that is a home run hire for them. Right. Um, but again, this is a revamped roster and it's going to take time. Um, and I really have questions about their weapons and what their weapons are going to do. Um, even with putting CJ there, like, can anybody name their starting wide receivers? Honestly, looking at the wide receivers, more likely it might be Mechie. It's going to be Woods is going to be out there, too. And then uh, the rookie from uh, the rookie from uh, Houston as well. I can take Dell. Yes. But my point, my point being is it took you a second, right? Like you were like, oh, yeah, they got this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. It took me a little bit. I mean, the second I mean, if you look at their team. You know, besides Dolphin Schultz, I mean, you really can't name all the wide. You can't name any other tight end on their team. I don't. I don't I, know I, who I they have. Like, beyond I, I, didn't, I didn't know. I didn't oh, know. Who got got for them? I mean, it's Damian. It's Damian Pierce. <laughs> that's, Pierce. That's, that's okay. Damian okay. Pierce. He's okay. Um, and Damian's. I mean, Damian's great. Got, like he's got to be fine. He's really good. Yeah. I just yeah. worry about their too, wide though. receivers and what you know, they do have Singletary. But what you're gonna get out of them, like I mean, Tank Dell is is phenomenal, right? But he's he is a small guy too. Um, Mechie Mechie's coming back. You don't know what you have him. He's great. I mean, he's a great talent when healthy, but again, rookie, you don't know what you're going to have out of him. Uh, and then Woods, uh, (laughs) oh my gosh, 10 players on the roster is crazy. Um, but I could could probably name 10, but, but (laughs) the thing, my point I was making is that it took you a second to kind of be like, okay, yeah, they got this guy, this guy, this guy. And the only folks who named them like that are Texans fans. So, um, my, my point being is that it's going to take some time for this team to where you are automatically like, oh yeah, Texas got this weapon, this weapon, this weapon, this weapon. Like they're just not there yet. I think they will get there because I think they're going to shock some folks and win some games. They have no business winning. They almost did it last season against the Chiefs. Um, but I just, again, my statement was tempered expectations, fans, like patience, some grace for CJ as well. Because the moment that he doesn't play lights out, y'all are going to crucify him. And I need you to be patient because he's still your guy. You need time. He's a, he was the most talented Chiefs. quarterback, in my opinion, coming out of coming out of this draft. Yeah, <laughs> Chiefs. And I, I see you over there. I see you over Tyler's there. Coming, like, you know, uh, I don't know about hey, that, but hey, he is. Hey, they, they almost beat the Cowboys too. They they had but both they of them did, teams. Yeah. They had the Cowboys he, last season. Yeah, I mean, my DJ is uh, he was. I had <laughs> Bryce Young as one A and, and Stroud as one B. Like they were neck and neck for me. So for the Texans to pick him up and Will Anderson was great picks. You know, yeah. back to back. Um, so I, again, I think they'll be fine. But just expectations, tempered expectations. 
That's a no on that. OJ Howard is no, he's in Vegas. That's what I'm about to answer. Yep. So James Sawyer asked the question for those listening to audio platform. Said they still do they still have OJ Howard tight end? No, he's with the Raiders. All right. So guess what? I know uh, Meg already gave her at least the team that she predicted to win the division, but prediction time for the AC South to order. We start with Meg, uh, go to Mike, Trevor, Scala, Demi. Uh yeah, I got I got the, the Jags winning the, the South again. Um <laughs> 10 wins is probably get it. We'll probably get it, honestly. I don't think you need more than that. Um uh beyond that. Maybe the Titans again. I, I got the Titans coming behind. Probably uh, maybe nine wins. I, I don't know. I haven't done you know real real deep uh, dive, but I would probably say beyond that, it's the Texans. Uh, I would probably I've got the Texans at, at seven wins, uh, and then the Colts will be at the bottom. Um, and that's that's just me being honest about the team. Maybe everyone else is higher on the Colts than I am, but I I mean I really would have to see like some lights out football from this team. And I just haven't seen it. Um, even with a defense that could get you, could probably help win you some games. Still need a lot of help. So that's that's where I'm at. Okay. Um, as far as me, you know, I've kind of gone back and forth between the Jags and the Titans. The reason why, you know, I've already mentioned those because, you know, the Jags can be the Jags and, you know, the Titans have pretty much, you know, owned the division for a while. Uh, but, I'll I'll go with the Jaguars at one, the Titans at two. I'll go with the uh, Texans at three and the Colts at four. Yeah, I'll go with that that order. I'm, so me and Meg, I think, are uniform in terms of that one. Was that next in that order, Charlie? You you can go ahead, Scott. Okay. I'm, I'm Get on Meta. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Um, I'm torn to be completely honest with you between the Jags and the Titans, just for the simple fact that. Again, on this podcast, we believe in when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. And I believe Mike and I already talked about, like, do I trust the Jags as an organization to put back-to-back years together? And so because I have not seen that, why would I pick them to win the AFC South this time? So I think just for off strength alone, do I'm it. actually going to go to Titans just because, do you know, Sharky talked about the amount of injuries that they had last year. I think they'll be able to – um do well in their division, but then also pick up some wins, whether that be in the AFC or the NFC, to get them to about 10 wins. So um, I actually go Titans um, one, Jags two. Um, I still believe the Houston Texans are missing a lot. Um, so I go Colts three, Texans four in that order. All right. Oh, man. Um I'll just go ahead. So since Skyler went ahead and did it, um, I'll, I'll just – I'll do it as well. Uh, give me the Titans at one, but it'll be it'll be close. I don't think it'll be ten wins gets it done. I think eleven gets it done. I think the Titans Titans uh snatch it at eleven. Um, the Jags will be right there, and I do mean right there. I think it is, this is going to come down to the final game of the season for them. So I got the Jags with ten wins coming in at and two. Trevor. The Titans played the tech, the Titans and Jags played last game of the season. You see where I'm going with the job <laughs> in, in, in Tennessee in Nashville. It's, you see where I'm going with this. So, um, I'm gonna go with the Texans at three. I, I, I like what D'Amico Ryan has done on the defensive side of the ball. I think he can get you to what Mike said. He can get you two wins, and um, I got the Colts at four because they haven't definitively come out and said that Anthony Richardson is the starter. 
I think they're going to struggle right out the gate with uh, Minshew. And then um, finally, I don't know how long it's going to be before they just throw Richardson out there to take his lumps, but we know it's going to take time with him. So I got the Colts at four. Of course, y'all leave it to me to break the tiebreaker, huh? <laughs> I've been going back and forth for this all week. I had the Jags all the way up to last night. And I picked the Titans. <laughs> then, right here on this podcast, I wonder after Meg said the coach signed the kicker, who the hell is our kicker? <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> Skyler said, once you saw you are, believe him. The Titans, my favorite, Doug, Doug Peasel, the best coaches in the division by far, right? The Titans have been the most interesting team in the league the last two years. Do I have a reason to believe they won't be the most interesting team again for third straight, third in a row? They showed me who they are. They stay hurt. Until I see it, I won't believe it. Give me the Jazz at one. Love <laughs> 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 my Titans, but until I see the Hey, it's realistic. realistic. Boy, no folks stay hurt. They, we had our third post on our last year. I, I got to see something different. We in fire strictly conditioning coach. And I don't know how kicker is. Kicker is pretty important last time I checked. So give me the Jags, Trevor Lawrence. I'm a big believer in him as one. I think the Titans are right behind them at two, potentially working for a wild card spot with seven teams in the, in the uh, AOC with the second place uh, schedule as well. I've gone to go Colts at three. I just feel like the Texans defense, I, I mean, I know the Colts secondary is bad, but the Texans whole defense, I don't know. <laughs> They, they, they had Jerry Hughes as their leading sack guy last year. Just hey, Jerry Hughes is nice though. Are you still playing football? Jerry, Hugh, Jerry Hughes is 145 years old though. Been playing a lot back in the Oliver. I just put together like that. Is oh, that's oh. crazy. Listen, just haters, haters. Man, give me the coach. I guess, he was, I guess he had a vintage sack here then. Okay. I Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the turn uh, back the clock season. There you go. There oh you go. no. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Texas fans. I was trying, I was trying to help. I was really trying to help. Well, I think um I think Gardner Mitchell is going to get some starts and steal a couple wins for the coast before he does his Ryan Fitzpatrick thing and they replace him with Anthony Richardson. And like I said, the Texans, that defense, I just, I don't, I don't, their offense ain't as good as the Jags. They're just outscore people, and their defense is just that bad. So give me them for four. So sorry, sorry, Ryan, but he said it's fair. <laughs> man, we stay hurt, man. I need to see some. Right. Yeah. But moving forward, last topic of the day for time's sake, would you rather? As I guess to give us a couple with you rather. Mike already kind of snuck one in, so I guess we'll start with him. <laughs> one. one he did. Then I, 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 know, I got a caveat to that one. I got a caveat oh, to that one. All right. All the Browns quarterbacks minus Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson or Ryan Tannehill quarterback. If you got to win one game. Ryan Tannehill. Oh, you mean playoff all game. Baker. No, no, oh. one playoff game. I would have thrown Since Baker. Ryan in right. Come on, Trevor. Like, I would have like, Mike, be honest with you. I would have thrown Baker in there. I would have said all what? the Cleveland quarterbacks to step Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is about to unravel. <laughs> I would have thrown Baker in there. Baker's about to go into the Hall of Fame or something. Like, but hey, Baker. Outlined. But I will. But I will say this though. Baker did win a playoff game versus Pittsburgh. So he did. Okay, the reason I choose Tannehill, yeah, I know Derek. We had Ben Roethlisberger out there. Like, we had Ben Roethlisberger out there. 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 We had Ben 
<laughs> okay, so all so all the Texans quarterbacks that had to deal with D Hop, I guess okay. outside of Sean Watson and all the Cleveland quarterbacks outside the Sean oh, Watson. I, yeah, I mixed up the question. There I go. I just thought about that. Dang, I really did. But yes, never mind. That's not a great reaction to Skyler though. <laughs> nah, he, like, no, Mike, Mike tried to play it cool by trying to slide Baker Mayfield's name <laughs> no. in there like Baker right. Mayfield was the hey, second coming to Tom Brady. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Ryan Clark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I need to remind okay so Cleveland has had Case Keenum. Houston has had Case Keenum. Oh, apples right here. I share quarterbacks there, to be honest. Yeah, it is a lot. Jacoby Brissett. What's it? Jacoby Brissett has started for both teams. We got Tim Couch. Tim Couch. We got TJ Yates. We got Johnny Manziel. We got. He started. He started for both teams too. He started for both. Who's the guy? Um, who's the guy? To tell you how bad these organizations are, I swear to God, y'all just named Derek Anderson. And Derek Anderson gave one year. Yeah, he sure did. This is how bad this is. Did he play for the Texans too? I watched it. Play for both teams. Well, he's already. I know. He's like, but let me see. I'm trying to think who else. You've Rest had, in peace, did Mac Jones? No, nah, Mac Jones converted to wide receiver. Never mind. Oh, you said uh, Ryan, Ryan Mallet. Rest in peace. That's, Ryan Mallet. Ryan Mallet. Yeah, Ryan Mallet. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, I got he, it. He started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rest in peace, man. Um, Tom Savage. Um, oh, my gosh. That's a name. Please, that's a name. Listen, I need, yeah. we need to stop this question. This is okay. nasty <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, turning, it's turning more to this it's now. Turning, it's turning, no, this yeah, troll or not. It's a thin line between would you rather than troll or not. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll, keep, I'll, keep, I'll, I'll keep the question. How about this? I'll keep a question AFC. Yeah. You got one game to win. Are you going Ryan Tannehill or are you going with the rookie quarterbacks that are supposedly going to be starting in the AFC South this year? Like just win a game? To win a win playoff one game. game. Playoff oh. game. I mean, I'm going Tannehill. It's like experience. Going Tannehill. experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tannehill. He said he has one playoff. I know Derek Henry. Yeah. So but he has this, is, this question, I knew, I knew you all would all say Tannehill. So this is what I was going to say. So many people are so terrible, so, talking so terribly about Tannehill. But I'm like, dude wins in the regular season. Dude is not a stiff out there, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, we got people thinking that he's just horrible. And I'm like, it could be worse. Yeah, it could be I, Johnny I, Manziel. It could yeah, be Johnny Manziel out there. It could be yeah. worse just for the simple effect of strength alone. You got Pat Mahomes. You got Joe, Joe Burrow. You have Lamar Jackson in the AOC alone So like, Tannehill, you know, again, he's not that bad, but he's not to the level of those quarterbacks. So you just kind of like take that up as, yeah, he's yeah. not going to win you football games in the playoffs. <laughs> Which, not many of them. Lamar Jackson hasn't won playoffs like this. Right, so exactly. That, yeah. <laughs> got, even some top quarterbacks every so he he ain't no different than uh, some of them. Like Pat Mahomes is the king. Too. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, Mick. Yo, would you rather? Oh. All right. Would you rather make the playoffs every year for 10 years and not win a Super Bowl or only win one Super Bowl in 10 years? So would we um, rather be the Pittsburgh Steelers? I'll take that. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. 
My God. Scholar. I, I had a better one. I had a Man, better from, one. The, say, from the top rope. Scholar. I had Scholar. a better one. Let's be real here. What's her name? <laughs> Tyler. He said, "Look at anybody else. That ain't only happened to the Steelers. He could have named anybody else." I, I, the the Titans said she she straight win the season for last year. So <laughs> hey, uh, we parted it. <laughs> oh boy, I feel like we've asked that on the we've asked that question. Look, we, 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 I think we, we have. Yeah. Either way, it's the Steelers. Either way, so it's 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 cool. So <laughs> that Savage is the Eagles fan, by the way. Savage is the Eagles. He said, "I'll take my Super Bowl win." Yeah, I, would, I, look, I will I would I would be the Doc Rivers of the NFL. I will take the Super Bowl win. Because you know he's rolled that one win Man, out. For he like has. 10 he years. has. He has. <laughs> he has. Got him paid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, Mike. Mike did his already. Now you had another one, dude. No, we, uh, we we killed the first one because it was it was just getting out of hand, and yeah. then his one was would you rather have Tannehill? Oh, so that was or, your official rhythm. That yeah. was your second one. Yeah, I could one you had you. another one before. Okay. Oh, I can think of another one. Just go ahead, man. Know, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Skyler Trevor. We got ten minutes, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay, I I do have another one. All right, go ahead. All right. Okay. So if you're going in an ultimate battle, this is of ultimate versus. Would you and it, the versus is is it Biggie or is it Tupac? Who would you rather to win an ultimate versus? You got twenty songs, take twenty of their best songs. Is it Biggie or Tupac that you're picking? Hmm. Is Tupac, one of my all time favorite rappers, so I I'm going Tupac. Yeah, yeah, I Those think I'm just going over Tupac alone. I'm going Tupac on that one. But that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a really good. One. <laughs> That's tough. Be biased though. <laughs> I'm going Tupac only because I feel like Tupac had it's not discount biggie in, in no shape or form, but I just think Tupac had just a few more a few more hits that are just bigger than Biggie's. Now Biggie, of course, he had his hits. Definitely is a true lyricist. I think Biggie's the better, better lyricist. But as far as like this competition and, and a versus, it just straight 20 hits. I'm going to lean more towards Tupac. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Did you see this question? This question that just came up in the comments. Hold on. Hold on. No, no. Hey, bro. I'll answer. I'll answer. I'll answer. At least I'll get paid with Shook, unlike Diddy. So- <laughs> Hold on, time out, time for, out. Uh, for, time our audio out listen- for our audio listeners, Ryan Harris came in the comments, asked the question, would you rather have Shook or Diddy managing your rap career? Mike. I just made well, myself. But, but I will say this. Since you want to point out ma- making money managing your career, you would still be living maybe if, if, if with one of them. That's what I was thinking. Don't make money. It's just rap. That is true. So at least you would be, you know, you would be an artist. You'd just be distressed, but you would be an artist. Diddy, Diddy, man, Diddy messing around, gonna be in all your videos, gonna talk to all the women, gonna direct the video. <laughs> uh, 
What a good. I said, man, take get paid, or would you rather live, lose your life? I do got, I do got one for y'all though. Since, uh, but you know, I, go I got one for you. I'm gonna keep it Memphis with this one too, since you know I did go to school uh, in the Martin in West Tennessee. So, all right, I'm gonna go play a fly. Nobody needs nobody. Or three six mafia tear the club up. Oh, he went. Bad. Which one are you taking? Nobody. nobody three six mafia tear the club up easily. Nobody oh, needs no, nobody. nobody. Nobody needs nobody. I'm not from Memphis. Give me so nobody needs nobody. All I need is not a bad man. You can play nobody needs nobody at a family reunion or right after Sunday school. Like either one. Yes, sir. There's folks in the comments who agree. I'm not the only one. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a question, but yeah, I knew I knew with that when I was like, yeah, they probably it's gonna be some people roll with me. Uh, oh, nobody needs no He said it was overrated. <laughs> oh, no. no he always savage. thinks stuff overrated. He died. He died. Look, look, I got introduced <laughs> to Player Fly when I was in college. So that, that was the first yeah. time I had ever listened to Player Fly when I was in college. And I was hooked from that. I was hooked. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right, man. That was a very fun field show. Mike, <laughs> Meg, thank y'all. For the laughs, <laughs> got for the information. Um, <laughs> tell the people where they can follow you and check out your work at Starting with Meg. Yeah, so I have first of all, let me say thank you for having me on. This was fun. Thank you for uh, taking the time to have me and Mike on. Uh, but I do have a website called Hall About Sports. That's H A L L About Sports.com. Follow me on all the, the social medias and the internets. Uh, it's Twitter, it's it's Facebook, it's LinkedIn, it's Instagram, anything you think of. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. It's now called X. Uh, <laughs> but if you go to hallaboutsports.com, you'll see me there. You want to follow me specifically uh, on, I guess, X and not Twitter. Uh, it's at the Megan Hall, T-H-E, and then it's M-E-G-H-A-N-H-A-L-L. Uh, find me there. All right. Well, of course, you know, I'm the host of Touring the NC South. You can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, iHeartRadio, YouTube, you name it, we're there. Uh, but of course, for me, you can find me on X. You know, you know, throw the X up, whatever they want to call it. But anyway, uh, you can find me on uh, X at MikePat82. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-T-T-O-N 82. Of course, you can find me on Threads, and you can find me on Instagram at the, that's T-H-A, not T-H-E, underscore general, underscore M-P. And uh, yeah, you can definitely find some uh, merch too. I'm actually getting ready to release some merchandise for touring the AFC South. So I've got like a bunch of different shirts and different team colors of the AFC South as well. And I do got a shirt with a teal version of the logo for the Jacksonville fans if they want that. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Gets the people right. going. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, I got hoodies. And I got everything. I'm just trying to figure out the hat thing, but I've got hoodies and everything too. <laughs> That's yep. a good comment. It's definitely yeah. That's one of shout, shout out to Ryan. He's a great show, y'all. Make it sound like the ESPN podcast. Let me find out. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a podcast too, as well. All about sports podcast and the sports All tea sports. podcast as well. And horseshoe pride podcast. There's you know, just when you sleep. When you sleep. Uh, I mean, I sleep <laughs> a little bit. I was gonna say that's strong coming from you now. 
Yeah, no, I'm yeah. right. If you didn't like know, Mike like, is like the king of sending, of sending messages at like, you know, one selfie. o'clock in the morning when the rest of us are like knocked out. And he's like, oh, prime time hours. Yep. I don't get interrupted and I have all my music uh, I can listen to and ride with. Ah, uh, man, appreciate it. Oh, I see Henry. I see Henry right there. What's up, see Henry? All right. As always, of course, with us, follow us on the X. That's what that'll be tomorrow. TikTok, IGN, Facebook, <laughs> at LPR underscore media. Subscribe and listen on YouTube and uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, which should be available right after this episode, about an hour or so. Also, you know, check out betstamp.app slash betstamp. Uh, slash best uh slash sportsbook slash four slash lbr uh, for your betting needs as always you know to follow me on twitter at the one d-a-o-n-e underscore p shark uh i'm at underscore scott leader on twitter x s whatever the case may be meg mike Payton, thank you all for for joining us thank you meg and mike uh thank you so much for being on y'all can follow my x at the art of trevor um, yeah, you can follow my ex, you can follow my ex at the art of Trevor. Um, um, so don't capitalize it if you know your grammar. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let your it almost, wife it almost sounds like, it, it, it almost sounds like he's trying to not say a word. He says the X. <laughs> <laughs> or he's promoting somebody who's the date. So that's why. <laughs> and follow has two members who can make it today. At it's really shitty and it tells Shakir. Till next time, everyone. Peace. Who we got next week? The AFC East?